Today's episode of the Black Flag Podcast is brought to you by Evan Orvath of Solero Commerce. We're coming to you live from the Solero Commerce compound as always. And if you want a small business that accepts debit or credit cards, you got to go check them out. Contact Evan Orvath or get in touch with one of us and we'll get you a free second opinion on your current merchant service provider. Do you enjoy listening to us every week? Want to support us even more? Become a friend of the program. Patreon.com slash Black Flag Podcast for just four sixty nine. Nice. Nice. A month. You get 20% off all of our merchandise, exclusive giveaways. You could ask us uh, any questions you may have on our Patreon uh, question segment every week. Or just leave us basically a virtual tip in our virtual tip jar. Become a friend of the program again today. That's Patreon.com slash Black Flag Podcast. Lastly, do you like playing with toy cars and telling your significant other that they're collectibles? Do you enjoy badass memorabilia of grown-ass men who are more successful than you? Well, after doing what Bradley and Bobby just told you to do, head on over to CircleBDieCast.com for all your diecast needs and merchandise, and be sure to use promo code BFP123 for $5 off purchases over $30. And one last thing before we get started, we'd like to give a shout-out to the Graphics Coop, Any Racing News, and Danny Eugene Photography for all their support. Brad Keselowski is going to be showing the black flag. It's the Black Flag Podcast. Every fucking week. Fuck, I hate my fucking job. Race analysis. Yeah, we're only girls pool here, so. Maggie forgets that if they changed the rules and took the champion's provisional away, he wouldn't have been able to race the last two years. So, uh, occasional alcohol consumption. Uh, Jimmy Johnson is on pit road because I think he's the leader. And calling people on their shit. It refrains me from not beating the shit out of you right now because you ask me stupid questions. This week's Black Flag Podcast is now in session. Hey, we actually out we beat him so it's all good uh. holy fuck what <laughs> what happened a little bit of technical difficulty holy start the fuck. old program <laughs> jesus christ <laughs> uh, uh, we got a we got a new computer that apparently is on fucking steroids no and no, is screaming at no us that was fucking uh, headphones that was a that was a more of a operator error you're never gonna <laughs> believe that but they uh yeah. So they uh, typically when you when you put this in here, it says uh, output and what you want the output to be, and input and what you want the input to be. Well, I just didn't change like the sex. output, so now it's just fucking absolutely blasting everything. Uh, at least blasts the intro through our ears as loud as humanly possible. But um, <clears throat> this is episode two fifteen of the Black Flag Podcast. This is uh this is going to be a little bit of a different one. Uh, Bobby uh, actually got fired last week for saying retard. So. <laughs> <laughs> Uh. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, no longer part of the show. Unfortunately, he uh, no will, will not be one third of the Black Flag podcast any longer. Yeah. Uh, that being said, I am fun. Charlie Sanborn. You're Bradley Saucier. Yeah, uh, and yeah we no, have a we MIA were Bobby Timmons. We were actually just kidding. He's actually at the vet getting a milia sex change. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he drank a Bud Light and he uh, needed something change. Apparently, was a uh, Kid Rock once. And yeah. Uh, no, Bobby's getting a tattoo. Uh, he had an appointment at five o'clock. Didn't start till six thirty on brand for BFP. Uh, he's still currently getting needles poked into his skin and uh, depositing ink in there. I don't know what he's getting. This is all news to me too. I think he, I thought he just got a tattoo. Mm. Mm. He probably lost a bet. It's probably uh, a tramp stamp with an arrow pointing to his anal cavity that says <laughs> boner garage. <laughs> that would be my guess. Um, but knowing uh, Bob, uh, he might he might um, might be doing some trashier than that. I don't even know. Yeah, there's just a like a little I don't know a mountain range. With like a little river running beneath it, but it, <laughs> this is this is this is all a tramp stamp, by the way, folks. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna yeah. assume that it's a tramp stamp. I can't. Whatever happened at the tramp stamp? Um, Are the ladies still doing that? You go to Auburn, Maine. What happened to the whale tail? <laughs> go, go to Auburn, Maine. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, 
remember remember when the you know a lady would bend over and they had their thong hanging out or some shit now they're wearing fucking jeans up to their nipples it's it's just a different time different yeah. time to be alive yeah shamu is now put in captivity so you don't see him in public as much is shamu a guy or a girl uh they them <laughs> it's a furry yeah. uh the the whale shits in a litter box uh yeah so uh racing happened this weekend it did Uh, also uh i'm sitting where bobby typically sits in the chair which is directly across from the tv that has the uh, boston bruins first round uh game one on the television so if you hear any incoherent screaming at some point um that's just me uh causing a scene in the basement uh but yeah racing happened this past weekend uh we went to uh we went to laden Bradford. Uh, we did. We had ourselves a time. We did. Oh, boy, did we have a time. I currently am in pain sitting here. Wow, um, what happened? Well, <clears throat> there's just something about Loudon and not wearing a shirt for an extended period of time. It's you just know? you, I think. No, there was just, three of us. Well, that ended up being four of us, actually, at one point. But you just, I feel like. I don't, if, if you're I, outside and it's more than like 50 degrees outside, you just have a problem with clothing, I feel. Um,. I'm always I always run hot and uh, cotton when it gets wet is the most uncomfortable thing of all time. It's like wet socks, but it's just not. Why don't you invest wet. in like a nylon product of some sort? Because um, like an Under Armour shirt. Well, the, the thing is, is that when I'm at a racetrack, typically I'm wearing a racing T-shirt. Now this weekend I was just wearing a Wild Greg Saloon No Fucks Nation uh, T-shirt, which As one uh, does No Fucks Nation. That just I just proceeded to take my shirt off. Um, but typically, the race race car apparel is all uh, is all cotton. So you wear that, and then all of a sudden, you're not wearing it anymore. And uh, you just still got to do a couple you know, prances down the back stretch and still give your friends a point, even though you're not wearing their, their apparel. We did do a point, or, or three. Yeah, we did. I think. We did. Uh, yeah, the old uh, Pro All-Star Series took the green, and, uh, well, uh, Dad and Uncle Brad went down to the edge of the hill. I don't think that we were supposed to even really be there. Well, um, I gave the old boys a point. Uh, we Dar- did. Derek Griffith was probably going to go take the lead there for about point three seconds. We, but, uh, we helped. Uh, the The entire uh, 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 how am I going to say this? The, the The best part of the entire weekend was a press release uh, from the Pro All Star Series and the Amer- or maybe it was the American Canadian Dorm. Same thing at this point, basically. Um, but they had said that they had had talks with New Hampshire Motor Speedway that they were going to open up the backstretch. Now, for those that don't know, those who have never been and those who have been, you know, if you sit in the grandstands at New Hampshire Motor Speedway, they are all aluminum stands. And I don't care what the race is, for some reason, anytime you go to Loudoun, and there is a motorsports event, it is usually no less than 387 million degrees outside. Um, so when you sit in the aluminum grandstands, you're basically the potato in the tinfoil in the oven, mm. um, which is usually tough, uh, even tougher on seven-month uh, pregnant ladies. People typically call me Brad, but potato in the tinfoil in the oven is definitely a new one. Yeah, um, you get it. So uh, with the alternative seating option and a very pregnant Lindsay, uh, we decided to take the old Tahoe uh, on the backstretch where we met up with you and C-Money and Ty Johnson and Bobby and... Uh, Hannah and Nicole and the rest of the girls and uh, had ourselves a time on the backstretch. Yeah, it ended up being um, you brought the idea up initially, and it was basically you can have 20 people come in per car. Um, and so I just told all my friends, I was like, hey, you know, you guys are coming anyways. Why don't we just go tailgate and, you know, set up cornhole, get a grill, you know, do whatever and uh, just have it, make it a whole day. And um, it ended up being that they all just bought their own spot as well. Uh, Ryan Jackson and C Money came in and, and bought a spot. Uh, Ty Johnson bought a spot. And, uh, 
Bobby obviously came in and bought a spot. So, um, yeah, we just we had three or four cars lined up and uh, had a grill out there. We had cornhole. It, you know, the beers were flowing. You, you really couldn't beat it. I mean, you, you had a bunch of pals. There was a bunch of people rolling around there with BFP T-shirts on, some that we knew previously, some that we didn't know previously, which was super cool. Um, and uh, so we were able to, you know, put, put a name or a face to some names and, um, just, it was all in all, it was a great day. It was beautiful outside. It, it was supposed to be not even as hot as, um, I think it ended up being, I think that when I looked at, you know, the weather it was supposed to be like 55 degrees. It was all of 70 at least. Yeah. Um, it so. was a beautiful day out for sure, <clears throat> which we needed. It's been fucking cold out recently for, for no reason. We've been dabbling in the thirties and forties with rainy, cold, shitty weather. Uh, so we needed a nice hot day for some NASCAR and uh, the old uh, New Hampshire Motor Raceplex, and uh, yeah, had it, ourselves a time. We, we did, and and one thing that I did realize is that I I, I took my shirt off pretty early in the program, and um, there was there's a moment in time where the anthem started playing, right, <laughs> and you could hear the Canadian national anthem playing. Well, mind you, we're are, we are posted up by the flagpoles. We we are we were like, the flagpoles. We are like putting like we just mounted the flag in the hill like we were the moon landing and we planted them well but this one happened so like we <laughs> we're out right underneath it and like we hear the shit going and like we're all hockey fans um most people know that anyone's been to a racetrack with us in the american canadian tours there we're probably it's literally gonna, a hockey game on right now we're, we're probably going to recite the national anthem uh the canadian one um and so we start doing great that song, by the way, great tune. Oh, it is. It's a phenomenal one. And uh, so we start doing that. Right. <clears throat> and like halfway through the song, I look up and I realize that the like I was under the impression that the Canadian flag was one of the flags, but I didn't know it was the one that I was very much standing right underneath. So in the middle of the song, I, I made a little bit of a remix and went, oh, fuck, I, I completely just realized that my muffin top is live on Racing America right now. <laughs> Um, <laughs> Did we ever confirm that? We got to go back and watch the replay. I would assume that it wasn't the case just because of the fact that I would have definitely got tagged in it on, on social media. But there was some Patreon questions that said that there was a, a shirtless man flailing around. And I don't know if that was on Racing America or if that was... Uh that was the, the Canadian, or if that was just someone in the stands, I guess. But during the Canadian National Anthem would have been the time for sure where um, I would have stuck out like a sore thumb. That was early on. I was still, uh, I looked like the Michelin man. Now I look like um, the the football team that used to be in Washington that is a new name, um, and it hurts a lot. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, we had a, <laughs> all in all, <laughs> I just put all that together. That yeah. was a lot. Yeah, <clears throat> it was, yeah. Um, the Cleveland Guardians or whatever you, what, um, it's not that. Um Scarborough Redskins, uh, Red Storm, mm. Sanford Redskins, mm. Spartans, whatever. Um, yeah, no, uh, I, I feel like the whole day was a, a solid, solid event. We had all sorts of car counts for uh, Pro All-Star Series, American Canadian Tour, R&R Street Stocks. We had some fucking uh, bang bangers going, too. Uh, it was a healthy day of uh, modifieds and, and mixed in there, too. And it was just all around a good day of uh, NASCAR, And like I said, and uh, um it was good to see i mean it's it's loudon right so the place holds a gazillion people to begin with so you're always going to have those ignorant fucks that are like ah fucking nobody in the stands it's like well there's probably a few thousand people out there it just looks like nobody because the place is fucking massive yeah. right yeah, it would fill any other racetrack can can assure you that there's not 125,000 people there no no there was a good amount of people there was there, a though, lot of people there. for what the event was for sure uh stands had a, quite a few people in it like i said the infield was full 
Yeah, like campers, like take trailers and race cars out of it. It was full of campers and cars of people having a party on the infield, which was awesome. Um, The entire parking lot, like by the main gate where you would get a ticket, full, full, right full. Um, And the whole crest of the hill, it it was full of fucking cars and people having a good time. And that's just exactly what you want to see. That's the whole fucking point of this show and, and getting people to go do shit like that. And it was, it was a hell of a time. It really was. And, uh, we made some asses of ourselves periodically throughout the show. Yeah, we, we did a good sure. point or three for and sure. pounded some bevies and, uh, <clears throat> had a time. Yeah. By the time the features rolled, um, well, it, it was good. It was a good event this year. They didn't flip anyone over. Um, no, there was a, there was a couple of hellacious wrecks, one, this poor buddy in a street stock heat race. I mean, just I I think that we all collectively thought that he may no longer be with us. The odds on <laughs> the odds well before that even happened too, the odds of the first car mind you, these car not not a single car that was racing was designed to be at New Hampshire Motor Speedway. Yeah. This is a one mile racetrack, very flat in nature, very high straightaway speed, right? The Odds that the first, not one, not two, but I believe three cars to actually blow up in grenade was a bang banger, had to have been minus a million. Mm. That that, and that's exactly what happened. Yeah, and then it happened again, and then it happened again, <laughs> and then it happened again as well. Um, but yeah, then the first, the first big one I, I believe of the day was it. I mean, it sounded like a goddamn gunshot. It did. Um, this poor feller with the last name Reynolds, not a thousand percent sure what his first name is. I think it was like Tim or something. Uh, number seventy one Napa car just. He hit a ton. Yeah. All of it. Yeah. It was it was really bad. Um, but as the race went on, I mean, it, it was nice to see there's a lot of people that were making their first start, which the first start at Daytona is pretty uh, aggressive. Um, but luckily that everyone, you know, seemed to uh have a, have a pretty solid day, I guess. There was only a couple wrecks. Um, I mean in the so basically the the day starts off, the Pro All Star series rolls out, um, put on a fuck of a show. It looked like for a while, Corey Hall was going to end up winning the race. Ended up being Eddie McDonald. That was uh, victorious. And it wasn't really close at the end there. No, um, it, it, Eddie Dick stomped him. I think Corey Hall, it, my, I don't, I had never really heard of a Corey Hall previous of this past weekend, but, uh, you looked at the speed charts. He was top five damn near every time it seemed. And then, uh, I think he won his heat, right, mm. uh, in convincing fashion. And then you know he's going to start up front in the future because of that. And uh, he led a good chunk of the race. And he was gone for a little while there. And then uh, I think it was a competition caution. They threw it. Um, everybody came down pit road, did what they needed to do, fuel up, put some tires on it. Uh, tough break for Joey Dewiron. Uh Comes down pit road. They fire some tires on it, do make some adjustments, forget to fuel it. Mm. Uh, so uh, he had a bit of a bummer there. And uh, – information we found out after the fact mike rowe uh in the 24 machine uh we all noticed he he was kind of off the pace at one point and pulled down pit road and everybody's wondering what happened he went down a lap ended up getting the lucky dog and all sorts of stuff but uh he ended his belts no and if there's a racetrack that there's just to not do that at yeah it's probably loud yeah um, so, uh, got him all fixed up there. Still came back mid pack somewhere, but, uh, can you imagine if Derek Griffith didn't have his belts done last year? Yeah. That would have been Ashton yeah. Torgas into, <laughs> oh, into no. the concession stand. Yeah. You might've seen a head rolling down the, 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 the corner there, but, uh, no, uh, the, the past or I thought it was a good race. I really did. Yeah. Um, yeah, a lot of strategy goes into play when you have a, when you have a known caution for any race, uh, a lot of strategy going to go into play there and knowing, uh, 
knowing when that's going to come out and what you can do and what you're going to be able to do for track position. But I think that that was the name of the game all day really was track position. Uh, whether it was the uh, act race, the pass race, whatever it was, even, even if we're going to talk about NASCAR, it was seeming the, uh, the theme of the weekend was track position. And, uh, you know, Eddie, Eddie kept himself up front. He got up into clean air there. And once he was in front, he just kind of took off for the, the pro all-star series race. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was definitely a convincing win. Uh, Max cooks and finished second. I believe, um, Johnny Clark was third. Um, so that was cool. Obviously, um, uh, just, it, it was, there was a lot of comers and goers. Like, like we mentioned, we were giving Derek Griffith a point for quite a while. He, he looked like he was going to have something. He was running in the top five for most of the race, faded back to eighth late, uh, late in the running. But, um, no, it was just, it was all in all, it was, I mean, it was a great pass race. And then, um, you know, you, you just, anytime that you get pass and act together, it is just a phenomenal, it's a phenomenal show. I, uh, I it's am, hard, it's really hard to beat. I like am that. glad that, uh, pass and act, uh, got over themselves i guess because there used to be a big big old rivalry um hating each other and going to different racetracks and splitting up crowds and things like that and the fact that uh tom Avery, chris mashad they're working together they're putting on spectacular events everywhere we're going when there's a pass act double header you know it's going to be a fucking time you know it's going to be heaters of races and uh that's exactly what we had i mean the act race like you said um another good show too uh yeah. yeah, it's hard. It's really hard to beat an act show. Um, they just put on such a good show. I mean, it, it does often, um, depending on certain tracks, it ends up being the Derek and DJ show. We talk about that a little bit later with yes. Derek Luchaki, but um, they, they are pretty dominant. And you, you obviously have uh, you have Tom Carey. He's usually really strong. Um, you know, you had uh, Joey Pohl uh, earlier, uh, I guess, earlier in the day. He looked uh, like he was going to have a really promising run. I believe he went out there, and I think he won his heat race. Um, but just uh, with the acts, you know, heat heat points and uh, the plus minus system, um, it, it didn't give them a good starting spot, unfortunately. But it ended up being just a phenomenal show. I mean, late late in the act race, you're having DJ Shaw, Tom Carey, and, and uh, Derek Luchaki. I mean, there was, there was a point where they were like three wide, and then Derek gets uh, a little bit little bit ahead of uh, the pack there, and we start uh, giving a little bit more aggressive pushes. So he gets obviously a couple more tenths out of that. And uh, late on, late late in the run, though, um, it did look like Tom Carey was a little bit faster than him. Derek was slipping up, and uh, Tom had a little bit different line that he was running. And um, yeah, I, he, I think he, he was doing the old uh, kind of over under swap, if that makes sense, where you're going real real high, kind of do a late arc and then cut it back down. But uh, last couple laps, Derek even touches on it in the the interview later on. By the way, we're interviewing Derek Luchaki. Um, he, he seemed like he had saved a little bit. Um, and, uh, certainly a hell of a run at the end there where th- maybe there was some carnage on the front stretch that people were checking up for, but, uh, that was shaping up for a really good finish. And it, it did eventually too, where, where Carrie was right on his quarter panel coming up to the checkered flag. Yeah. I mean, I think the margin of victory was like six one hundredths of a second or something like that. Yeah. Um, it couldn't have been very much. Yeah. It, it was, it was pretty wild. Um, and obviously we, uh, we like both of those guys, but, uh, like, like, uh, we mentioned a little bit later on, Derek, uh, sports us with a little sticker on the B pillar. So, um, he's, uh, definitely a, a friend of the program and we love seeing Derek uh, in victory lane. I was surprised, honestly, watching the replay that I wasn't in the replay down the backstretch because I was along <laughs> the fence for quite a while, uh, late in you that were, run. You were like mm-hmm. damn near climbing the fence mm-hmm. at one point, uh, yeah. which, uh, I, I think somebody died. Bobby was saying that somebody died at Loudon doing that one time. Um, that I don't know, but I would not be shocked. I, I think that that happened. Yeah, a lot of people have died aloud. But um, no, I, the, the act race was phenomenal. Um, like we said, there was that that 
exciting finish. Um, there was definitely some comers and goers. DJ led a lot of laps, and then uh, Derek obviously takes the lead. And um, so the, the the pass and act. I mean, obviously headlined the deal. The um, the modified race was pretty spectacular. It ended up being kind of a two horse race between John McKennedy and Anthony Bello. Um, and uh, it looked like for a while there, Ross Chastain. I mean, uh, Anthony Bello had him. Um, what do you what do you like that one yeah. last week? <laughs> yeah. uh, but it, it did. I, I was I was given. Uh, I was giving Anthony Bello everything that I had in me, you know, as many points <laughs> as I could. Um, and, uh, unfortunately just couldn't get the job done late race. Yellow, um, looked like it kind of might've screwed everything up. Um, a little bit. It looked like it was going to be a really good battle for, uh, you know, battle for the win, I guess, late on, late on just between those two guys ended up putting a little bit more, um, you know, guys in, into the, the frame there, but it ended up just being a two horse race and John ends up winning the race. And, um, that's kind of chalky. Look at the entry. Swanee was up there for a little bit too. Um, yeah, dicing it up and yeah. uh, led led a handful of laps too, and ended up P three. But a uh, solid day for Swan Boat there in the old twenty five Garrett Casella machine. Yeah, yeah. The mods put on a spectacular show, uh, especially at the end. Mod, mods on anything like a half mile or bigger are usually a good show because it, it's basically just Daytona, like you said, for anything. But with those guys, they're able to draft so hard on each other. That the runs that they get going into the corner, and if they, you know, if they put their balls in the dash and they they have the wherewithal to kind of know what their car is capable of doing, they make some fucking wild, hellacious passes on each other and, and bottom shots at Loudon are fucking crazy. Yeah, yeah. The the mods there's only uh, there's I think there's only like three pretty big wrecks on on the day, um, and uh, one of them was in the mods. I believe the zero two car. I think it was Mike Collins uh, ended up in the wall at one point. Um, it uh, honestly wasn't as bad as, as some you know Loudon wrecks end up being. Um, I think I I honestly can't even remember exactly. I just remember seeing a picture actually today. Um, I know we were standing right there watching the whole thing happen, but um, the uh, after the mods came out, um, we might not be doing this in the right order, but whatever. The uh, street, definitely are not. Street stonks came out. Um, we're just going back in in order of pass act mods, fucking car counts <laughs> and uh, just excitement level. Um, the stonks came out and. Uh, I gotta be honest. I don't. I don't remember much of the stonk race. Uh, old do buddy, pal, fucking hit a ton right in front of us. Well, I do remember. Yeah, that uh, Justin Harris hit really hard in front of us too. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. If that oh, oh yeah, yeah. That one. So the the other one that was in a heat race, I believe. And I have no idea what happened to that seventy one Cuzzo because I looked up and just saw the impact and was like, holy. Fuck. I think I think I heard it and then turned around. I was like, oh, that car is a horseshoe. Yeah, yeah. It was it was definitely not good. And then yeah, Justin. Looked like Justin. Th- those corners seem like they're just—they take like seven minutes when you're in a street stonk, and it looked like Justin just got into the corner and then you know gassed the thing up and and kind of got into the, the left rear of the 68 there. And unfortunate for him, obviously uh, one of the pals, one of our uh, one of our buddies there. And you hate to see that, obviously, at a track like Loudon. I mean, you there's no real it, soft hit. It did so. appear to be BFP and BFP violence, but it did, yeah. Uh, which we just simply do not condone. We don't. No. no. Um, yeah, no, the, I think that the biggest thing with the, the, like you said, the corner speed with loud and especially with a, like something like a street stock where it's such a prolonged corner, but for the most part, you have damn near max wheel load on everything on that car going through that corner that if you do have the slightest little slip up at all, the car is not catching back up with itself. And, and you see that happen when, you know, like if you go back and look at Justin's video, once it was gone, it was gone. Um, and there's really no saving, and there's so much corner speed that um, when you hit, you you're probably throwing away a race car uh, and starting over. And hopefully that's not the case for Justin or uh, Dude Buddy there in the 71, 17, 71, I believe. Uh, yeah, could have been. Uh, and he fucking hit all of it. But uh, 
I think they were all all right. Uh, Justin got out, uh, obviously saw it on Facebook there. And then, uh, uh, buddy pal in the 71 there got right out eventually too. and gave the crowd a wave. Um, one of them deals. Yeah. 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 yeah the, the, uh, the mini stocks are also there. Unfortunately, I just don't know who finished in the, on the podium and the stonks or the, well, I know Jason Woodard ended up, ended up third in the, the stonk race and uh, the mini stocks. I don't like, very, I just don't very know. well. Could have. Just, yeah. Yeah. I don't know what we were doing. I think that might have been when we fired the grill up um, when the stonks were out there. And but What, uh, a, yeah. what a menu we had, too. We did. Yeah, we had cheesy dogs. We had cheeseburgers. We had cheese steaks. I think about it. I'm probably not going to shit for a week. But Yeah. Well, um, and we're going to Buffalo Wild. Yeah. Well, yeah. well, maybe I will shit. Um, um, yeah, you'll yeah. shit real soon. So uh, before we get into Patreon questions, what uh, what do you got on the uh, the menu this weekend? What are your plans? <laughs> well, uh, Saturday, it's going to be opening day at Wiscasset Speedway. I'm uh, going to go over there, help uh, Matt King and Jacoby Thacker with his number 51 uh, Allison Legacy car. They call them Pro 4 late models or something up there. I don't know what they're. Mighty minis or some shit um but uh no that'll be a time haven't been up to wiscasset since uh the end of last year there uh we started our season off driving up there and uh, uh eventually made the shift over to oxford uh where i think we're gonna make home for this year with nate driving the old uh newly rebranded number 23 that uh was my car for the last 12 years and uh I think we're just going to throw the board to the wolves. Uh, not really going to have a, a practice day that we can all make it to the racetrack. And uh, he's going to go get some tires, I think, on Wednesday. And then, uh, yeah, Sunday we're going to show up and go to Oxford and uh, see what happens. I guess open a day over there. And uh, we're going to have super late models. We're going to have limiteds. We're going to have, I think, some stonks of some sort and uh, maybe modifieds. But uh, it's a hefty weekend of racing on, on tap for us, I think. Yeah, I uh, I'm I'm gonna be working the bar quite a bit this year. Uh, most Thursdays and most Saturdays. Um, this weekend just happens to be a Saturday and Sunday, so I will be up at the bar, working up there. Um, so I will be uh, watching race cars when I can, but I will be serving ice cold wads to everyone when they want them. So. Um, that is the plan for this weekend. Uh, and then, uh, we're going to move on to some Patreon questions before we get you to Derek Gluchaki. Uh, let's go with, uh, Trevor Ward for all pals. Uh, seeing wreckage at Loudon made me think this, have you ever wrecked on your first race of the year or close to it? I'll answer for Bobby. He flipped coming to the green. <laughs> that did happen. Uh, first race for me is usually a giant clusterfuck. Uh, I don't know what it is, why that's the case. Um, I don't know that I've ever like wrecked or gotten in a big one necessarily, um, but uh, opening day is usually just a shit show. Uh, this past year it was Cassett. We showed up first time, and the fucking whole front end fell apart. I almost took the fence down. Um, and then the Friday of the Oxford 250 weekend, I hit everything but the fucking lottery. Um, so, yeah, usually uh, the first race out of the gate for me is uh, not a good one. Yeah, I, I uh, my first race in a uh, in a little trunk was uh, my first race ever in anything, and um, it actually went swimmingly. Um, I think that there was like fourteen or fifteen of them. I was so so bad in practice that I showed up. I got out of the thing and fucking spiked my helmet, and I was like, I'm not fucking doing it. I'm done. I'm not. I'm not doing it. I'm done for the night. We'll That's we'll try smart. again. And uh, just went back out there, got progressively better. I'm talking like in a in a quick practice, lapped a handful of times by the fast guys, and uh, just went out there, did whatever I could. And uh, after the race were all over, I you know I avoided some carnage, actually a ton of carnage that night. And I think you know nine or ten trucks finished, and I was like you know on the way home, and 
my dad was like, oh, yeah, you know, it's a pretty good run. It's a pretty good first uh, first time out. And I was like, yeah, you know, six is just unfortunate because, you know, you don't get the paycheck, you know, and obviously it's like 50 bucks. But um, still, he's like, no, no, you got fourth. And I was like, no, I didn't. And he's like, yeah, you, I think you did. And my when my dad says that, usually he's wrong. So uh, <laughs> he actually went back and was showing me the video. He should, took a video of the whole race. And, you know, at the end, he, like, zoomed in on, on the tower, and I was fourth. I was like, holy shit. That's 75. <laughs> Fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, next question. Slim, what are your opinions on the Carson Hosevar penalty at Martinsville? And uh, yeah. have you guys ever made helmet or headset BFP Stickers, if you have, how does one acquire some? Uh, if, what is a helmet or headset sticker? I think he's talking about the, the BFP with the headset, and uh, we have. We oh, don't, oh, don't have any currently. We, we typically get those in um, you know, once or twice a year, and uh, we'll see what they're we usually. This is, so for, for whatever it's worth, the stickers are just as much of a surprise to us as they are the people who get them. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, uh, no, they do exist. Yeah. They're typically, they're just not as popular. They don't go on race cars, and uh, they're not really our main logo so we we do like, a, like one, a shoulder patch we do like a one run of a, a year deal so though we'll we'll have some at some point we'll we'll get some some to you yeah but that's that that's very much like the the shoulder patch to a jersey if you will yeah that's that's what we use that for yeah um but so the the carson host of our penalty at martinsville um uh big fan of the kid had him on the show friend of the program we'll continue to cheer for him even though i know a lot of people have turned against him um penalty was warranted <laughs> I mean, he he hooked the guy. I mean, I don't know what the argument is, really. Uh, it, when you chase somebody all the way down the side or in in or the inner part of the uh, the straightaway there, and you're you're hooking somebody, it's it's pretty black and white. It's um obviously warranted, but I think that honestly, God, that was probably the best case scenario for him. Um, Again, uh, people probably watch Gateway. I think it was Gateway. Maybe it was IRP. I don't know. One of those two tracks where um, they're coming down the front shoe, and uh, he hooked Colby Howard and absolutely junked him. I mean, it was pretty egregious. Uh, I know a lot of people kind of changed the narrative on him, uh, or at least their own, um, when they saw that one happen. But I think that if he had actually succeeded and, and right hooked him, and it would have collected more than just Tanner Gray or Taylor Gray, whichever Gray it was. Um, well, you didn't it would have been really big. finish the job. Well, well, no, that's what I'm saying is it's probably better that he didn't because if he did hook him and he shot up the track, he would have collected numerous trucks, destroyed <clears> tons <throat> of different trucks, and it would have just been a way worse visual. But um, definitely warranted. And, uh, yeah, hopefully. I don't like when the whole internet hates our friends. So Well, I think that the the Clifford Hershey bar situation is I've said it before and I, he doesn't give a flying fuck cause he doesn't like me anyway, but the, the whole, like you have the world by the balls right now. Like you have an opportunity that literally tens of thousands of race car drivers in the country would kill for. And you are in very good equipment. I mean, the Nice trucks are not garbage by any means. And he's, he's doing something with them every single week. But when you're going out there and you're doing, you know, shit like that and you're right hooking people, just it that opportunity can evaporate very, very quickly. And I just I hope that that doesn't happen for him. Yeah. Yep. Um, Andy Sippy Byron says prime location for BFP Saturday on the hill. I saw that guy shirtless pretty early on. Is that a question? Nope, but that would have been me. Um, and uh, I hope that wasn't during the Canadian National Anthem because... Um, I don't know that... I didn't ran around enough and lost water weight. So the the way that that's all set up, obviously it's it's like the crest to the backstretch, but it's also 
the road course and there's a wall there and i don't know that if you park like we were parked if you are technically supposed to be in front of that wall we very much had cornhole boards set up running around on the infield there i think oh. you were hanging off the fence we were pointing i wasn't pointing hanging off the fence Come you on. were i wasn't hanging off the fence you were on the fence i was i was standing next to the fence <laughs> and i was running along the fence but i was not hanging off the fence i don't know that either of those it's not things like, are it's not like me being at like richmond like that one drunk dude that one time like that was almost bad. on the race forgot about that yeah um but yeah i don't think that was a question that, that was kentucky just he saw, too. He saw me. probably i mean yeah. every, everyone in kentucky is thinking about doing that at least um Rob Alley Jr., during the first half of the race, did you see the guy eating the nastiest steak and cheese ever right behind the fence at turn one? That was me. <laughs> Where? At Martinsville? Uh, I would assume that this was Loudon, but actually, no, it probably isn't because I don't think he's from... Is he from up here? I don't know. Uh, no, we didn't see. Congrats. Congrats sounds on good, your though. nastiest steak good. and cheese. That sounds pretty good. It's a nasty steak and cheese does. We had fucking good. a nasty steak and cheese. And I didn't get any food. What? I was in the middle. I was doing the race pool. There was so much. Food. The food started and I had to go around to get everyone's picks. And literally by the time I was back, the only thing left was pasta salad. Not a pasta salad guy. No, I had some. I just, <laughs> I wanted a fucking steak and cheese or a burger or a dog, man. Um, missed out on the food completely. Would have enjoyed also, a weird nasty move, Nate steak Barth and cheese. Hates potato salad. Uh well, I, think I that's mean, a that's, weird... that's, that's, it's definitely not a normal move, but I wouldn't consider it that weird. Really? It's just a weird I've never, texture. I've, like, I'm talking like despises it. Like the way mm. that I feel of tomatoes and peanut mm. butter, he feels that way about potato salad. Nah, I feel like it's not super weird. I feel like that's kind of weird. I've never mm. seen such hatred towards potato salad. Uh, Tyler P says, how many teeth should Carson Hosovar be missing after body slamming Sawalich and trying to right rear yet another guy? <clears throat> um, I think it just goes towards what we've already said. I don't think any, uh, any I don't think any of those guys can reach that high. So true. The, the boy is eleven feet tall. Um, maybe I don't know. It's helped me in times to get punched in the face and be like, well, you know what? Maybe I shouldn't do that again. Um, that being said, I'm not saying go punch Carson Hosovar in the face, but yeah, don't do that. Um. A good old tussle is good for the soul, I think, and uh, maybe he needs that. I don't know. I don't. Yeah. I. I mean. I don't know the answer to that question. He. Yeah. But maybe zero. No. Um. I don't know. I. I just. I hopefully. Hopefully, at one point, he'll learn. And I don't know if it's a fine or it's a what. If people are gonna have to really sit him down and talk to him, and I don't know. But it's just. It's obviously got to end. I. I just. Uh, like I said, I mean, I don't give a flying fuck about either one of the Grays, whichever one that was, or. Uh, or Colby Howard, but I would like that the whole internet doesn't roast my friends on a weekly basis. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, Scott Fowler also said, "What's the biggest wild animal you could think you, think you could take in a cage fight?" But we asked that to Derek Gluchaki. So, squirrel. Mm. Um, so we do have uh, one more little segment here before we throw you off to Derek Gluchaki. We do have a uh, we've got either a grinds my gears or a weapon of the week. It is brought to you by Home Track. Uh, anyone that's listened over the last month knows that Home Track is uh, it's going to take you through their race day. They they compete on the NEMA series and uh, they're going to be kicking off their series soon or their season soon. Sorry, um, and uh, be sure to check out the BFP page or uh, we'll definitely go over and like them on uh, Facebook and uh, subscribe to them on YouTube and and you can check out the BFP page. We'll be sharing their content throughout the year, um, so we're looking forward to all the good stuff that they're going to have and uh, we're going to grow right along with them. They're gonna they're gonna you know grow with us. We're going to grow with them and uh, they've been on board for quite a while now. So definitely go check 
check out youtube.com slash home track racing. I believe it is. Um, I don't have it pulled up because the email won't load and, uh, that's a uh, very amateur of me, but, uh, let me see here. I probably have an episode that I can uh, pull up. Maybe well, also <clears throat> while you do that too, uh, NASCARing did happen at Martinsville. It is. Yeah. Home um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did you get it? Yeah. Okay. Uh, NASCAR happened at Martinsville. Uh, we had a uh, trunks and Bush and Winston cup racing going on. Um, already touched on it a little bit there, but, uh, the trunks, a uh, little bit of controversy with the, uh, the rain and, uh, it being wet and having a full wet weather setup and then not really using it, uh, seems to have kind of set the internet on fire a little bit. I don't even, I don't even know. There's not even words to talk about it because it's just so fucking stupid why are we making these teams spend and i imagine these are thousands of dollars for no reason they've got mud flaps the twelve hundred dollars a set of tires the but okay so twelve hundred dollars per set of tires we have mud flaps they literally have bright ass lights in the back window and a wiper blade on the front and we're not racing because it's wet Mm. and raining of which all of those things the aforementioned items are for when it's wet and raining why are we not racing in the rain i don't understand it's a great question um apparently too we're and i didn't see a lot of the broadcast or at all of it really um but if you have all of these things one what's what's the contemplation to not just one do it and two if you are going to do it, why are we going to fiddle fuck around for 30, 40 minutes before, after everybody swaps their tires over to then run the race? And they only ran for what, a handful of minutes before they're like, nah, that swap it back. Yeah. Which yeah, makes no like sense. 20, at all. They ran like 20 laps. Yeah. It's a fucking joke. Um, speaking of jokes, I mean, we're, we're coming to the end here, but the, the whole cup series, the short track package is a fucking joke. Um, the Xfinity Series race was halfway decent, even though it was completely dominated by John Arnimacek. At least they could pass. The truck Series would have been fun, but they uh, fucked that up too. So, I, I mean, the the Cup race was interesting to watch purely based off of strategy uh, and the fact that Ryan Dick, or yeah, Ryan Dick, Ryan Priest has a dick big enough to step on. Yeah. Um, really, that was what made it interesting. Ryan Priest was probably going to walk away with it. It seemed like he was fastest in qualifying. He was the only one to break under 20 seconds led a hundred and what some odd 40 laps or something like that to start the race off uh, speeds on pit road kind of I mean it's not a gray area but it's it's one of those things that makes sense after you're told how it works so Ryan Priest goes out wins qualifying right he wins the poll he gets first pit selection typically when you get first pit selection you want the first one well apparently the first pit box at Martinsville is not the actual first pit box. It's the second one, and nobody pits in the first one. So what ends up happening is you go to launch like you would at any other racetrack, and you go to you know, go across the line as quick as you can, but the distance is longer, and the way that NASCAR does their pit road speeding is time over distance. Um, it's, there's no... You know, it's not like there's a speedometer anywhere. It's not like they've got a radar gun. It's literally the time over distance. Well, he went too fast over that distance, and that's how he got his penalty because he thought that he could just launch right out of the box and cross the line, which very much was not the case, apparently. Um, so he gets sent to the back. Uh, like you said, short track package for NASCAR. NASCAR is just absolute trash right now. They're, 
they just can't pass each other. There's way too much downforce on those cars, uh, even at a half mile racetrack for them to be able to do anything. Um, they're also also close with that big wide tire. Uh, they've got a ton of grip now, low horsepower. They're just way too close to be able to pass each other. Um, they're, the braking capabilities also, too, with those big tires, they're way higher. So everybody's being able to match each other's braking going into the corner. And uh, it's just not a good not a good race package. But um, Kyle Larson at the end there, um, they made a good call, came out with, I think, two tires or something like that and got out in front of the field there. And clean air was so key that uh, Larson, who had an average running position in the 20s throughout the entire day, goes out there, leads the last handful of laps, and wins the race. Um, and then did a pretty cool burnout. Fucking did one around the entire racetrack. Yeah, at least his burnout was cool. Um, but so the uh, uh, Grinds My Gears slash Weapon of the Week, I don't know which one Charlie has, but uh, presented by home, uh, YouTube.com slash Home weapon. Track Racing. Um, definitely go over there, subscribe. Like we just mentioned, we'll be sharing their stuff, but uh, you want to be uh, one of the first ones to view it for sure. So go over there, subscribe to them on YouTube, like them on Facebook. And uh, just support those who support us. We're going to grow right along with them, like we just said. So uh, my grinds, my gears. This is, uh, it's, I think I've probably had this before, but old people are just stupid. Um, they're just so dumb. So so Amanda and I, we go out to breakfast yesterday. It was I guess it was brunch, but we go to this place, super busy. You knew it was going to be busy. You pull into the parking lot. You could tell there's a big line. When you walk in, there's a big ass sign that says, please seat yourself. Okay, so there's probably 15, 20 people in line that are not seating themselves because there's no fucking open tables. So then this dumb old dude leans over to this waitress who's clearly flustered trying to get some fucking checks wrung out so that they could, people could leave and people could go sit down. And he just goes, um, so is, is someone going to seat us? And the waitress goes, well, well it's, uh, it's, sir, it's seat yourself. And he goes, yes, but there's nowhere to sit. <laughs> no shit. So then... Why, why do you think you just passed 20 people in the lobby? So then what this guy proceeds to do, right, which is just... Uh, maybe I'm in the wrong here, but I think it's just an egregious fucking move. A family gets up to leave. No no busing of the table has been done. I'm talking dirty cups, like plates, napkins, the check. Everything's still on the table. Goes over with his wife and just makes himself at home and sits there. And then I could tell for sure, respect the move, love the pettiness. The lady waited extra long to clean the table because that guy was being such a fucking idiot. Like, they're sitting there with just an absolute fucking mess that a family of four just left in front of them. <laughs> and they're just sitting there, like, twiddling their thumbs, like, is someone going to come help us? If, and the lady, I like, was, walked by, like, four times. If I was help. that lady, they'd still be sitting there. Oh, the, yeah. Like waiting, waiting I for their breakfast. Hate. I just can't stand it. Why does that make sense? You just passed twenty people in the lobby. What did you think that they were doing? Yeah, like that's one of those conversations. Like I'm not even mad. I, I am mad, but I'm not even mad. I just want to know what your thought process was. Yeah, just tell me what was going through your mind when you walked by twenty fucking people, and you thought it was a good idea to just go sit yourself at a dirty ass table. Exactly. Um, so with you taking that, I'm going to take the weapon of the week. Um. So we talked about it. We were all posted up on the uh, the backstretch there at Loudon. We were on the crest uh, by the uh, the flags there, part of the road course. And uh, we had a good little gaggle. We had, what, five, six, seven cars all lined up, having a great time. And uh, there was a couple dude buddy, buddy pal, and uh, cuzos next to us that we, I don't know that we knew them, but they were having a grand old time. They had their own grill set up. Um, they, were, they were partaking in the festivities with us. Uh, never got a name, but... Uh, when the night was over, the night was over, right? So people are packing their shit up. And uh, 
they go to leave and they're in a, a pickup truck of some sort. I think it was a Dodge. Uh, and all of a sudden we just we hear a bunch of yelling and then this and this truck stops. Mind you, they have gone 20 feet, 30 feet, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. You just hear a loud, get the fuck out of my truck. So and we're like, holy shit. So man. we look over and Cuzzo, who not 20 minutes ago was having a great time with his pals, mm. gets out, slams this thing in park. I assume. I hope. Goes over to the right rear door of his truck and proceeds to try and like rip the door open by the glass. Um where he then reaches through as the guy in the back seat's trying to roll the window up and he like gets the door open finally and he's like now he's playing like tug of war with the fucking door with Cuzzo in the back finally rips it out grabs the dude by his head bounces him off the ground slams the door shut runs back around to the truck and drives off with his pal like bleeding on the ground yeah and we're all just like what the fuck was that because they were literally having a great time not a half hour ago yeah and um i I think that guy's still walking home yeah he he had his tail between his legs i I just want to know what happened yeah we we, i want to pay to be a fly on the wall like they whip his dick out and start cuffing it in the back seat or something he must have like he must have i like i have gotten pretty pissed before i don't know that i've ever done it that quickly though yeah it usually takes time for me to boil over And in the amount to go literally twenty feet to the point where I need to slam it and park and rip you out of the back seat, I just I just want to know what happened. That's it. It was impressive. And I like I said, I think that guy's still walking home. But uh, before we get to uh, Derek Luchaki here, we do have a new official Puskis Pooper review, mm. uh, which is good. Martinsville. Um, so this is uh, Chris Puskis. He is the engine tuner for the number two NASCAR Cup Series car driven by Austin Sindrick, owned by Roger Penske. Also, shout out Jesse Thompson, the uh, the announcer to Speedway 660 up in Canada. Uh, he's uh, become a friend of the program. He loves the show. I think he was prior anyway. Uh, he had reached out to see if he could participate with us in the uh, old iRacing deals that we're doing on Tuesdays, uh, along with Spencer Morris and Tom the Modify Guy, myself, and Scott Dinnan. And uh, he's uh, he's made a new logo for the Puskas Pooper Review, and he's uh, made some fire logos, too, for uh, all the races that we have coming up here on the iRacing uh, BFP, uh, whatever the fuck it's called. Uh, but Puskas Pooper Review, Martinsville, 5.6 out of 10, smaller than I would like. Imagine shitting in a shoebox. <laughs> the toilet slash stall offset would not pass tech. Not a whole lot of room on the left side of the stall. Hardware is functional, which is a plus. Door latches nice and tight, and a two-ply toilet paper is a classy touch. Not mm-hmm. awful, but a decent place to drop a couple Martinsville brown hot dogs off this weekend. Two-ply, huh? I, that's fancy. Wow. I would not expect two-ply at a Martinsville. No. I've heard no. the inside of that place is kind of a dump, no pun intended. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's a pretty small uh, area, and uh, it's apparently it takes a while to clean it. You know, I don't know, you put all that many humans. It, it's the same way with Portland right now, but... It's Portland just, just is a collective urinal, I yeah, think. Yeah. Um, which is fine. Zero point zero um, on the pooper review in downtown Portland. Yeah, the whole you just shit in the sidewalk. It's fine. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh it is, I assume, Tuesday now that you're listening to this, either on your way to work or on your way back home from work, or maybe it's right now, Monday night when uh when this drops. But uh Tuesday it's gonna be BFP night in North America yet again. Uh we're gonna wrap it all up in one day with uh you're gonna listen to the show and you're gonna have the opportunity to race with at least me uh on the iRacing deal there. We're gonna have the BFP I late model stock car series or tour, whatever it's called. 
uh, going to, I believe, Stafford this weekend uh, for the Guardrail Memorial 100 Lapper. Uh, where again, it's going to be hosted by uh, Scott Dinnan. We'll have the password drop at eight o'clock. Uh, be there or be square. Uh, literally, and this is not a joke. This is not an exaggeration. But the server fills up in literally under two minutes now. Uh, we're talking sixty-four people uh, that can, you know, max be in there. It's literally done in under three minutes. So uh, again, Garvel Memorial at Stafford this weekend, or this week, I should say, Tuesday, BFP Night in North America. Uh, you're gonna have Spencer Morris on the uh, the mic with uh, Jesse Thompson. I'll pro- inevitably be the third guy in the booth when I don't make the race yet again, and uh, be live streamed on the old Facebook page. So uh, that being said, uh, an iRacer himself. A boy who uh, went from go-karts or quarter midgets, whatever, uh, to legend cars, all the way up into the American Canadian Tour. He has won many races throughout many different states, uh, northeast, uh, eastern seaboard, doesn't matter. Uh, This is going to be an interview with the driver of the number 03 Massachusetts, Derek Gluchaki. This episode of the Black Flag Podcast is brought to you by Star Speedway in the 2023 Bunny Brawl. Saturday, April 22nd at 4 p.m. They got slingshots, six shooters, street stocks, pier stocks, cruisers, and enduros. It's an event you're not going to want to miss. There's a ton of great events coming up at Star Speedway, but it kicks off this weekend, Saturday, April 22nd, with the Bunny Brawl. It's an event you're not going to want to miss. The Halloween Howler bookends the season. This one begins it, and it's typically one of those crazy events where you show up and there is limited parking, limited tickets, so you're going to want to get there a little bit early. If the race started at 4, get there around 2. You know, go inside, go to the bar. This is the first bunny brawl that's going to have the old uh, the bar uh, up and running. So definitely go check them out. Star Speedway NH, Star Speedway on Facebook. Like I said, ton of great events coming up, but it starts this weekend with the bunny brawl. Slingshots, six shooters, street stocks, pier stocks, cruisers, and a couple enduros to end the night. Saturday, April 22nd, 4 p.m., the bunny brawl at Star Speedway. Go check it out. And here's Derek Luchaki. All right, boys and girls. So as we've alluded to already here earlier on in the show, uh, we've got the man, the myth, the legend himself. That's the zero three. Uh, that's going to be the kid who has officially dick stomped the American Canadian tour as of late. Uh, this is the man named Derek Gluchaki. How goes it, pal? Good. How are you guys? Oh, not too bad. Thanks for wasting some time with us. We appreciate it. Um, you know, I mean, obviously you've, uh, you've gone up and down the Eastern seaboard at this point. You, you, you had a good run down at Hickory, obviously you're bringing home trophies. It seems like every time you're at a racetrack, but, uh, for those that don't know who the fuck is Derek Luchaki? Uh, well, I started racing when I was 10, um, at little T speedway in Connecticut, um, right off of turn three at Thompson did that for, uh, five years, uh, championship track record, all that go-kart stuff. And then, uh, Moved up to legend car stuff at Seekonk. Um, did that for a couple of years. Ran with Nicholas Scola. Picked up 13 wins there. Triple Crown Championship. All that stuff. Um, 2019 moved up to a late model. Um, finished second the first race. Uh, second in points at Thompson the first season. Uh, moved up to ACT the next year. And uh, got rookie of the year. Struggled a little bit. Um, just the growing pains of ACT. Um, stuff like that. And uh Past two years, seems like we got the ball rolling, got our first win at Thompson, the World Series on uh, ACT, and uh, been going pretty good ever since. You're, you're downplaying it quite a bit, um, obviously, uh, <laughs> as, as one would do. But so 
it's wild that you you just jumped in a late model so recently because it feels like whenever we're at the racetrack you go out there and win and, and before we get too much further i did just want to thank you on behalf of charlie and i about this time last year someone had asked us to uh rank our top five drivers in new england and charlie and i both had you on our list and um, at the time, you know, if you didn't go out there and, and win as many races as you did last year, I mean, maybe some people would have uh, would have wanted your spot taken by someone else. But you made us look really, really good. And that's something that we don't we don't look good often. We're usually quite <laughs> wrong often. But uh, it seems like 2022 was uh, was was your year. I mean, walk us through uh, kind of I mean, I mean, I guess the end of 2021 going into 2022 and just how the, the success has just kept on rolling. Yeah, no. So uh, we had that all phases sponsorship there and uh, 2021 and uh, we got that super late model deal that he got for me and uh, we brought in Dave Lassard for to uh, crew chief that for us. And uh, when that deal fell through, he took over the late model stuff and, uh, you know, we've been working together ever since. And uh, it seems like once we had a good group of people who kept showing up every week and uh, everyone kind of did their job and everyone kind of knows what they're doing. And uh Ever since we got some consistency, seems like the puzzle pieces kind of fell together and uh, we were able to uh, get some success and uh, keep the ball rolling as of right now. <laughs> so, so touch on that a little bit. I mean, obviously, you're, you you haven't had a, I mean, relatively speaking, you don't have a ton of late model experience, right? But, you know, what is it that you've kind of found your groove in it with the American Canadian Tour and what's what about it has made you feel comfortable? Um, Just... A lot of it's just probably having the right people around. Um, obviously, it takes a lot of stress off uh, you as a driver, especially when you do a lot of work yourself. I'm sure you know that. Um, just having a, the right people that you can trust and you don't have to, you know, go double check everything or stuff like that and being able to uh, bounce ideas off your uh, your crew chief and the rest of your crew um, definitely takes a lot of stress off of uh, the driver crew chief deal there. Um, and really just having people around that uh, – consistently uh do the same thing every week you know um, everyone kind of has their job we come in from practice we do the same thing every week same routine and uh it's been working out pretty well um we've definitely had a couple hiccups here along the way of uh just not having enough help like at hickory the second race um, when they jammed it all into one day um we just flat out didn't really have enough crew guys there and it cost us a little bit in the second race but uh yeah, on a normal race day, I think um, just having everyone around there doing the same job every week and just keeping everything as consistent as possible is really what's uh, turned it around for us. It cost us a little bit. Didn't you still finish in the, on, on the podium in that race? Uh, we were eighth, that one. Oh, okay. Well, that's close <laughs> enough. But, so I was going to say, it, it's wild, like, looking at just, obviously, we're in mid-April now, and a lot of people are just, you know, posting their pictures on, on Facebook, like, oh, excited to get the season rolling, and uh just thinking of thinking back to you obviously been out numerous times this year and you picked up a win at Hickory, you picked up a win at Thompson and now you picked up a win at Loudon. I mean, you're already in mid season form and the season's just beginning is, is there one race, you know, even, even going back a couple of years that really sticks out is like the one that kind of means the most or, or, uh, is there, I, I mean, I guess, yeah, just take us through. I mean, what, what, the, what the most meaningful win that you have so far is because I feel like you win almost every weekend that we're there. <laughs> uh, no. So, uh, Probably, I think the turning point race for us was uh, the Fall Foliage 200 um, in 2021. Yeah, that was before Thompson. Um, that's the race uh, we kind of actually had put a whole day together for the most part. Um, we didn't end up winning that one, um, but we had the car to beat there, and I made a couple mistakes myself uh, towards the end in lap traffic, let Jimmy Hebert get by us there. But uh, 
that race, we had a really good car. We were able to uh, put 99% of the day together there. And um, after that, we were like, all right, um, I think we can uh, show up to Thompson with a really good piece because we've been pretty good there all year that year. And uh, we found a couple things in the car that week, and we went to Thompson. And that night, that night we were the car to beat there, and it showed. And uh, thankfully, uh, I think I learned a little bit from White Mountain the week before, and we're able to capitalize there in the end and put the whole day together. So to uh, I started racing at Thompson <clears throat> when I was 10. I got my first late model win at Thompson and my first ACT win at Thompson. So uh, that was a pretty uh, special one, definitely. So so I have a question for you. Where does the number 03 come from? <laughs> um, So I always liked Dale Earnhardt when I was a kid, growing up and stuff, obviously. Um, and I didn't want to be the three because, you know, when you think of three, it's Dale Earnhardt. Um, and obviously no one's ever going to be him. Right. So <laughs> I figured, uh, you know, have my own little zero three in front of it. And, uh, at the time around here, there wasn't very many zero threes. So I figured if I ever had the chance to have a name for myself, that that would kind of be my number. And people would think of me when they thought of the zero three. That's good. Cause I thought you were going to say some wild shit. Like it was the year you were born or something. I was going to go throw, <laughs> but, uh, uh, no, that's, that's good. I like that. But, uh, uh, moving forward here, what's the, what's the rest of your year looking like, man? Are we are we going to do a lot more act racing? you doing any open stuff? What are we doing? Um, So as of right now, we're going to focus on ACT. Um, I'd like to go do that Walls Ford deal again at White Mountain, try and uh, repeat that deal. Um, yeah, as of right now, just ACT, the, uh, the all-star race there at Thunder Road. Um, the weekly stuff at Thompson's up in the air just because it kind of falls on the same week of ACT races. Um, so it kind of just depends where we are in points and stuff like that. But right now we're leading the points in at Thompson too. So I guess we kind of got to go back to that, but, uh, yeah, kind of just go one race at a time and see, uh, we only have one car, so it kind of makes it difficult, but, uh, yeah, um, just main focus is ACT and everything else is a plus right now. Any other, uh, side gigs that we should know about between, uh, you know, super late models or maybe some dabbling in legend cars, anything cool like that? Uh, I do have a legend car in the garage, so that's liable to get broken out. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Like I said, ACT is a busy schedule and it's a lot of preparation to go race against DJ Shaw, Joey Pole, and all those guys. Um, there's probably about 12 to 14 cars every week that I can win. So it takes a lot of time and uh, really just depends on how much time I have and if any deals come up. One one thing that's a little bit different this year, obviously, it sounds like you're going to run the, the whole ACT slate. That's something that you weren't able to do last year. Uh, are you excited to get north of the border and uh, run some of those racetracks? Have you ever been to any of those places before, even to watch as a fan? No, never been to Canada. I've heard it's a time um, <laughs> uh, from from everyone at ACT. But, uh, yeah, it looks cool. That shoddy air, they just randomly start running the fence like Darlington, I guess. So that'll be interesting. And Montmagny looks like a smaller Stafford. So, Two very different racetracks, so I think we'll uh, definitely have a learning curve up there, but I think we'll have a lot of fun. And, and if you do happen to win north of the border, you think you're going to give a shout out to uh, you know Justin Trudeau or Anthony Fauci for letting go this year? Or... <laughs> Maybe we might. We might have to. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, just an absolutely ridiculous 2022, but, uh, looking forward to probably, I'll probably have to get a pay-per-view to watch that one. I don't think I'm going to make that trek as a fan. Uh, I did just acquire a passport though. So I know, I don't know. 
It, it'd be you tough. just got a passport. I just got a passport like this week. So interesting move. Yeah, <laughs> haven't got the vaccine yet, but I did get the passport. So I finally don't need that north of the good. border. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what I'm hearing. That's what I'm hearing. I enjoy that. But, yeah. Um. So so we do actually have a lot of uh, Patreon questions. Um. One that uh actually kind of pertains, I guess. I, I don't know if one of the north of the border tracks is going to be on this list, but uh, Dakota, of course, he wants to know: Is there a track that you haven't raced at yet that you'd like to try? Um, yeah, I mean, obviously the ones in Canada, um, and Stafford in a late model I haven't been to. I did the pass race there with uh, Roller Limlad, but never an at car. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, obviously the Sizzler is a big deal and they pack that place. So, um, really have that one circled on my calendar for this year. Hopefully we can uh, have a good run there. But for a track like Stafford though, I feel like a lot of the people in the field have never even been there before. So do you think that even just running that one pass race or I don't know, dabbling in eye racing will uh, give you any he- like leg up on the competition? Yeah. I mean, I know Joey Poles won, he won the Granite state race there. DJ obviously has a lot of laps there from pass. So I think uh, it'll be the normal, the normal crew up front in ACT. And uh, I think there's a chance for a couple surprises. Um, you know, maybe some guys can hit on some stuff there, but I think it's going to be a good race. That place races really well, it seems like, and uh, obviously. Um, but, yeah, I think uh, Joey Pohl will be tough, DJ, all the uh, the normal guys, that's for sure. It looks like actually scrolling through these Patreon questions that I don't need to ask you most of them because a lot of them don't pertain to anything. Um, oh, that, uh, well, I mean, Scott Fowler asked, what's the biggest wild animal that you think you could take in a cage fight? <laughs> I don't think very big. <laughs> I was going to say, you're all of 90 pounds soaking wet, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, everything else is just either about Carson Hosevar or uh, there's a lot of stuff that pertains to the actual event that happened at Loudoun. But um, one thing, I, I don't know um, if I was supposed to, and I'm glad that you didn't think that maybe the white flag was coming out down the backstretch, but I was uh, I was flailing my arms quite a bit. Um, coming running up and down the hill and uh, you gave me quite a workout trying to point you in the right direction so I honestly feel like I got a little bit of an assist um, missed out on the Derek Griffith assist uh, I think I helped him out too much but uh, I was just glad that you were able to pick that up and did you see the guy coming around uh, or were you aware that there was a guy parked down the back or the front stretch I guess uh, when you're coming through three and four to the checkered flag uh, well, my spotter said there's a car stopped on the front stretch and that was into three and he didn't really say anything about it anymore because obviously Tom Carey was coming in a hurry there at the end and off of four, I think I definitely lifted a little bit because, you know, you don't really want to drive that fast going into a car there. But uh, yeah, that definitely made it pretty sketchy there coming to the checkered. Um, I thought they were going to throw the yellow, but I'm kind of glad they didn't because it seemed like Tom Carey uh, saved a lot there at the end. But yeah, it worked out for us. It was definitely a uh, I didn't think he was going to go to the bottom with the car on the bottom there, but he did. So, yeah, that was uh, that was pretty wild. I don't really want to have to go through that again. It was super weird, especially from sitting on the back stretch. You could just see the top of the car, and you're waiting for the yellow to come out, and obviously there wasn't one. So I just actually went back and watched a little bit of the highlights of it. And it, I don't know, they they cut the highlight away right after you guys crossed the start-finish line, but it, it I would assume that Tom Carey was pretty close to smoking that car. Um, but obviously you got to give everything you got. And uh, it ended up being a pretty gnarly, pretty gnarly finish. And uh, just, well, I guess we're, we're friends with both of you guys, but you have the BFP sticker on the car. So uh, we'll, we'll <laughs> take that for sure. But so where, where's the trophy at? Uh, I can go get it if you want. It's good for an audio program. Where's your trophy room? Is it in your house or is it at the shop? You, I'm sure you have enough of them by this point, right? 
Yeah, no, it's basically the dining room's kind of turned into it. So, yeah. Is that the just where they the end up at the end of the night and then you just have yeah. to pick them up? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. Nice when you so, walk in, you get to see them. So, <laughs> so you, you've obviously accomplished quite a bit in a, a very short amount of time. We, we've kind of touched that. But, um, I mean, it, if we're talking like 5, 10, 15, 20 year plan here for, for Derek Luchok. You know, what are some things that you want to dabble in or some things that you want to accomplish that maybe are on the horizon that you haven't been able to check the box off yet? Yeah, I mean, obviously, just I'd like to win a championship in a, in a big car. You know, we've been the past two two seasons, we finished second in points at Thompson pretty much by one point in a tie last year. So um, I'd like to win a championship. That's uh, a kick. Obviously, Ace. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, you ain't kidding. Oh, <laughs> oh, it's even more of a kick in the penis when I'm pretty sure they declared you the champion and then they took it away from you. Yeah, I left with about four second place trophies that night. But um, <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, no, definitely a championship in a big car, um, ACT championship. Um, I think we have a good shot at this year um, if we can keep running the way we are. Obviously, uh, DJ Shaw is tough and everyone else is going to be there. But uh, yeah, um, I'd like to, you know, get into a modified here at some point soon um and after that i don't really know i just kind of know the next step i think is going to be a modified and take it from there that's fair enough so if if we re, re, like rewind it all the way back here we're going back to go-karts little t and all that stuff you know how do, how does that even happen you know how, how do you even get interested in motorsports to begin with um, so originally i was going to race dirt bikes but my mom shut that down once she found out about all the injuries and stuff so um then the i mom, started going moms to... don't love no cage no <laughs> no moms moms like roll cages but yeah. <laughs> um definitely but uh no so i started going to seekong speedway to like their throw shows and stuff and then my dad started bringing me their saturday night stuff and apparently i wanted to go home the first time i was bored or whatever and uh so eventually i just kept going and uh we started sitting around some people who raced a little t and they had a promotional day deal and we went there and um didn't really have any expectations of buying a car or doing well or anything like that but i guess it went well enough to where my dad wanted to buy a car and you know try and see if i enjoyed it and uh one thing led to another then we had two and then we had three and um you know run a couple divisions a day and stuff like that and you know once i got older he's like well do you want to keep going or do you want to just you know stop and we uh got involved in legend cars at seekonk and then uh Got involved with Nicola Scola, and that's when I started taking things more serious. Because um, at that point, I had a good opportunity in front of me to uh, try to win some races. And once I started winning races, then I was like, all right, well, see if we can uh, keep it rolling. And we did, and got a late model, thankfully, um, through Ray Parent and Don Parsons. Um, Ray Parent uh, is a big reason I have this car, because there was a lot of people in line to buy it. And uh, he was kind of the one who pushed for it to go to me, and super thankful for that um obviously it's a really good car and stuff but uh and then obviously my friend reagan at the time um he helped me a lot with it and stuff and uh it was really me and him for a while and then um like i said that all phases deal came and dave and um we got a good crew together so i i was gonna say at the time looking at it you know from an outside perspective the the Derek and reagan show was pretty impressive to a lot of us i mean knowing just your age and just limited experience that you had and, and still going out there and, and knocking down some, some really big names. Uh, it was pretty cool to watch, but 
Uh, talk about that relationship with Nicholas Scola a little bit, because, you know, I, I, I can attest that Nick has beautiful equipment. He's got beautiful legend cars. He certainly knows what he's doing, but I could see in your case where you're going from a go-kart or, you know, whatever it was, a quarter midget, whatever it was into the stepping stone into a big car, that legend car transition is something that Nick would have had a huge hand in. So what was that relationship like? And what are some of the things that you learned from him that maybe you're applying to like your weekly stuff on your act car now? Um, so, uh, I got involved with Nick when we actually wrecked my first car, um, and he had a clip and stuff like that. And he actually approached us. Um, he was just starting to start his nickel school racing stuff, trying to grow that. And, uh, so we ended up fixing it for us and he, you know, set it up and stuff like that and started to run better. Um, probably like a sixth to 10th place car, just car was better than me at the time. But, um, that winter he built a new car for himself and he kind of knew we wanted one and, um, he ended up selling it to us. And that year he kind of took me under his wing and, you know, showed me a lot of stuff. And that way I, I learned too, not just, you know, he did it. I showed up and drive. Um, so he was a big help for me. Um, just learning legend cars and stuff like that. And, in 2018, well, 2017, we got my first legend car win. And 2018, we were able to win, I think, eight or nine races together there. Um, so that year, um, that's when we ended up getting late model towards the end of that year. And uh, he offered his hand in helping with that and stuff like that, too. And, uh, you know, to this day, he's still helping me with my legend car stuff. And um, we kind of help each other with the late model and pro stock stuff, too, to some extent. Um, yeah, definitely a super thankful relationship with him. It's, uh, We've been friends for a long time now, and we definitely uh, talk to each other a lot and help each other a lot with our programs. So what was the what was one of the bigger turning points where, I mean, you, you said it yourself, you, you didn't want to be the guy that just kind of showed up and drove. You you wanted to start working on it. Is that something that interests you, like how the car itself works and the nuts and bolts and all that stuff? And, you know, how much research are you putting in on your own to, to be able to make that happen? Because I mean, anytime I see you at the racetrack, you're usually underneath it. You got a wrench in your hand. You're under the hood. You're, you know, sweaty and fucking miserable like the rest of us in the pits. So um, it, it's cool to see. But what got you interested on on doing that side of things instead of just showing up? Um, so when I first started racing, um, first started getting into it, um, like towards the end of quarter midgets, beginning of legend car stuff, um, the BRE modified the three car that Jake's driving right now. Um, the crew chief of that actually lives two houses up from me. Um, so started building a relationship with him back then. And, uh, he took me to the shop and I did the whole tour with them when Rowan Pennick was driving. Um, so I learned a lot there, did a lot on their cars, did a lot of body work, stuff like that. Um, so that, I think that's a lot of where the worth, uh, work ethic comes from. Um, just being taken under their wing, going to the, you know, week in and week out with the tour. Um, just obviously the wheel modified tour is a lot of work and you got to bring the best race cars you can there. Um, so I got to first-hand look at that and at the time when Rowan was driving they were you know contending for wins every week so um definitely got to see it from uh the outside looking in and the uh the hard work side and um once I got old enough to the point of where I um I could work on them I always did and um even now um I do 99% of the work myself um my crew comes down to the garage every couple nights um helps me out but well all the setup stuff all the you know everything is pretty much on my shoulders and thankfully I have a really good crew who supports me and, uh, goes to the racetrack and, you know, pretty much will do whatever they need or whatever I need in that case. Um, so yeah, I've always done 99% of it myself. And, uh, I think that's a big part of why we're successful right now. 
Well, I, I can attest that uh, we've obviously been around you at the racetrack and we've seen how much work and, and stuff you put in. So I think that it's made it even more impressive and uh, and just even more like awesome to see you, I guess, uh, have so much success uh, recently. But uh, you going back a little bit to the Nicholas Kohler racing thing, uh, you did tell me that he has a super late model for rent. Is that something that uh, you guys have had any talks about or uh, that that's <laughs> not even on the, the table this year with the act stuff being so, uh, so busy? No, I've I've mentioned it to him a couple times, and it's uh, I think it's something we can work out in the future. Um, but yeah, that's I know pretty looking super, race car. Yeah, no, it, Trent Trent did a good job doing that one, that's for sure. But uh, no, uh, obviously, like you said, he has first class stuff, and nothing you get in from him is you're gonna have a chance to win. You know what I mean? And uh, so definitely, uh, I'd like to do something with him. Obviously, it's it'd be cool for us just because uh, it's kind of where we both started. You know. Um, so I think it'd be cool. And obviously, um, we both know a lot more now than we did then. So I think it, uh, I think it would go really well if we did something like that. Well, well, it sounds like I, I still can't wrap my head around the fact that act doesn't go to Thompson this year. Um, I was, I actually talked to someone this weekend and I was, I was like mentioning how, you know, the world series would be so much better than the icebreaker. Cause there wasn't a lot of campers and seemed like there was a ton of cars i guess in the pit area and i'm like oh well, at least you know the world series the actor will be there and someone's like they're not going and i was like what are you talking about <laughs> now that act is kind of past an actor obviously putting on the deal so uh i think that we got to start a petition uh maybe just to get you uh, you know i assume you'll be on premises anyways the late model at the world series but um first off i think you need to probably race the pass race because i haven't looked at the schedule but i assume there's one of those at least uh <laughs> at, the, at the world series but maybe uh maybe charlie and i and bobby and uh We'll talk to some of our friends from up in Vermont, you know, inside groove guys and uh, the uncommon deed get deeds guys. And uh, we'll get a we'll, we'll try to, you know, push act to get a, a, a tour race, you know, at, at Thompson for the World Series. Because I just <laughs> over the last few years, man, it's just act has just become one of the premier premier divisions to watch, I think, in the Northeast. Um, it, I would put it up there against any of them, uh, any of the touring series and stuff. And so maybe we get the. Uh, New England media partners, 150, 125, <laughs> 100. I don't know. We'll let you decide the length, but uh, our kid podcast, 150. Yeah. We'll start the, uh, we'll start the, the bidding $10 to the winner and we'll just, we'll just try to grow it, go fund me. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, just act has been, been so cool. And it's awesome to hear that you're going to be able to run the full, full uh, season this year. Thank you to um, Justin Trudeau and Anthony Fauci for, for that. And, uh, it's going to be cool to watch you and obviously DJ and, and Tom Carey and Joey Pole and, and Jimmy Heber, all the guys that, well, I don't know if Jimmy's running the full season, probably not, but um, just it's, it's so cool to watch. Um, and uh, it's, it's pretty been, been pretty neat to see you have uh, so much success out of the gate and uh, obviously going to a place like Stafford place where you have some laps. It's uh it's going to be fun. I'm excited. It, I've been telling everyone that uh, that'll listen um, I actually tried to get the uh, the Jason or the Tanner Woodard crew. I was talking to Jason Woodard uh, about getting uh, getting them down to the uh, Spring Sizzler this year and just packing that place with campers because it's just it's an unreal atmosphere and um, just it's it's obviously the next race up for you. But what uh, what are what are some of the most the, the races that you're looking forward to other than Stafford coming up? Um, the All Star Race at Thunder Road on SRX night. That's that's gonna be a cool one. Um, I'm trying to put together something with a children's hospital to where some kids can design the race car and stuff like that. I think that'd be uh cool for them to see on TV and stuff like that. But um, so hopefully that works out for us. Um, so yeah, the All Star Race. Um, Lee, that's gonna be a cool one. Um, we don't get to go there a lot. Um, 
hopefully they put something together for Thompson. I always like going there and the act race is cool because you never get to run that many laps there. But uh, yeah, I mean, Canada, obviously, I'm looking forward to uh, shoddy air because that place is, looks pretty wild on uh, Racing America. But um, yeah, I mean, pretty much all of them are going to be, you know, exciting ones to look forward to on ACT. But uh, definitely having like 30 plus cars every week makes it pretty difficult. And obviously the heat races are pretty exciting with the plus minus stuff. So um, I really would like to win that White Mountain 250. I think we had a good, good enough car to win it last year, but. Um, we kind of screwed ourselves up on pit road there. We pitted too late, just didn't have enough time. But um, yeah, that's a big one. And um, all the Thunder Road races, I'd like to have a good run there eventually. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, it, uh, it's very humble of you to say that it, it's always difficult with 30 cars there because you make it look pretty easy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> Recently, it's been the Derek and DJ show, but uh, you, you seem to uh, have something figured out with the uh, the old late model deal there for sure. But uh, no, it certainly has been fun to watch, uh, especially this, uh, I don't know, latter half of your career, if you will, because it's such a short amount of time, relatively speaking, that uh, we've seen you do some pretty cool shit. So uh, just keep doing what you're doing, man. I mean, you're obviously uh, doing cool shit and you're uh, you're not that old yet either. So uh you got quite the road ahead of you. You're certainly going to be one of the bigger names uh, ma- looking back on it several years from now that, uh, you know, that was one of the guys for sure. So uh, thank you for coming on. Thank you for giving us uh, some of your time here. We know that you're a busy dude and you got some shit to do and uh, a table to go clean up. Right. <laughs> no, thank you guys for having me. <laughs> of course, man. So uh, we'll see you at the racetrack. See you around. Race car, race car. Here we go, race car.